opportunity to talk to Ryan of Mother Mother over Zoom video. Ryan talks about growing up on Quadra Island in British Columbia and how the island only had about 3,000 people on it. Had an elementary school, but when he went to high school, they would have to take a ferry across to like the main mainland. So he'd be on this ferry with everybody. People going to work, doing various things, and it would just be a bunch of <laughs> rowdy teenagers on the ferry as well going to school. So the first instrument he learned how to play was the recorder. Then he moved on to the piano and eventually guitar. He ended up going to school for music, and while he was attending university, his sister and him ended up living together, and they formed the band basically by Ryan telling his sister, hey, you have a cool voice, you have a cool speaking voice, I think you'd sound great on some of these songs I've been writing. So he dragged her out to an open mic night, and that's really how the band got going. He told us how the band really gained momentum very quickly, getting slots on morning radio and festival slots and getting on tours, how they eventually signed to a major label. But over the course of 2020 and seven albums in, they start noticing their first couple records start streaming very, very well on Spotify. Where is this coming from? They ended up tracing it back to TikTok and how the band's music just went viral on TikTok, surging streams on all their platforms, drawing a lot of attention to the band. Prior to knowing the success of the band on TikTok, they had already written and recorded their most recent record, Inside, and we talk about whether or not that would have affected the songs on the album or not, and the opportunities that have arised for the band due to the viral success of their songs on TikTok. You can watch our interview with Ryan of Mother Mother on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Mother Mother. Our podcast is all about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new Mother Mother record, if that's cool. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. So uh, tell me, first of all, where were you born and raised? I was born in Campbell River on Vancouver Island, BC. Okay. And I was raised on a small island close to there, a 10-minute ferry ride from where I was born on Quadra Island. Wow. What was it like growing up on an island? That must have been interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, in retrospect, very interesting. Um, but at the time, it was normalcy. Um, and, you know, it wasn't totally remote or secluded or lacking amenities or anything like that. Sure. It was quite, quite functional. Was it hard? I mean, like, how many people were on the island, do you remember? Like, how many people there, there? like, the population? About 3,000. Okay, so not... Not very big, to be honest. Oh, I mean, but you catch a ferry that takes ten minutes, that takes you to town, and then that has like forty thousand people. Okay, and that's where you go to high school. So I'd catch a ferry to high school, to and to and fro for you know six years. But there's an elementary school on the island, so it's kind of a big day when you graduate grade six, and then you have to take the ferry to. You know, oh, I the bet world opens up. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Is it like, uh, how, how does the ferry work? Are you just on with everybody else? Like people going to yeah. work and so it's yeah. not like they have a specific ferry that's just taking like a school ferry. <laughs> no, I always feel I felt bad for, um, you know, just the, the regular folks catching the ferry with, you know, the throngs of 
crazy kids. All the teenagers going to high yeah. school. <laughs> That's cool. That's really interesting. Um, well, how did you how did you get into music? I mean, I think I just loved it as soon as I discovered it um, from a very early age. Music always really moved me and made me feel, um, you know, the best out of any you know tangible experience, and so. It, it was, you know, an obvious next step to try and engage with the stuff via an, an instrument and took piano lessons and guitar lessons. And um, yes, it, I never left it. Mm -hmm. How old were you when you started taking lessons? Was it piano first and then guitar or? You know, it was recorder first. I took recorder. Oh, okay. Five and then piano lessons when I was, you know, shortly thereafter and then guitar lessons at 10. And then when I moved to Vancouver at 20 years old, I enrolled in a jazz guitar program. Oh, did you go to school for jazz guitar or was it just, okay. Yeah. What about like, cause your sister's also, you know, a musician, she's in the band with you. Did you guys like play together early on? Like, was she taking lessons around the same time as you? Like, is there, how, what was that like? You know, it's sort of like kind of mandatory piano lessons. We all took them. But, you know, she wasn't necessarily the obvious musician in the family. She was more of a, an artist, a graphic artist, a painter. Um, and that's kind of where she traveled to um, in her schooling. And when we connected as young adults here in Vancouver, she was, in fact, going to um, Capilano, which is a graphic arts college. And I was going to music and we were living in the same house. And I mean, the fact that we started a band was almost preposterous because we didn't have any musical history as collaborators. Um, but she has such an interesting speaking voice. And I knew that it would translate to amazing harmony singing. I just knew, I knew in my gut that she would make any song sound better. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was like, hey, just try singing on these songs that I'm writing and let's go to an open mic. And she was pretty reluctant because she's super shy and it wasn't her milieu. Um, but yeah, was we, it hard to convince her to like, you know, break out of that? I can imagine that'd be kind of hard. Like, hey, you sound good. Like, you should sing with me. Let's go to an open mic night. You know, I think she's just so accommodating and so generous that she was just going to humor me. Okay. But then probably didn't expect that it would it would find its legs so quickly and with such momentum that she wouldn't be able to say no because <laughs> when something starts to become uh fortuitous it's hard to say no to it sure how, how did you like what started rolling like what really got you guys to start mother mother and like got the band progressing was there a moment that happened do you remember Kind of a series of moments, um, you know, it, it was all just kind of like serendipitous and synchronistic in the early days. Like we'd play an open mic and someone in the audience would be um, from CBC, the radio station. And then they would give us a slot on the morning show. And then someone oh, who was wow. to the morning show um, liked what they heard and gave us a great festival slot and someone from there knew a guy from a label and so it it just seemed like it was a um, a waterfall of, of these opportune synchroni synchronistic events within the first year that really transformed the band quickly into 
into quite a, a professional unit. Like before long, we had a record deal and we're touring the country. Um, and we, we barely, you know, we're used to the idea of ourselves as, as a band. So it happened fast in the early days. Wow, that's incredible to get like that quickly get a you know morning radio slot. I I, I did radio for for sixteen years, so I can I know how hard it is for them to let you in the door like that, especially like put you on the air and and then quickly get festivals and and a record deal. What was it like? Was it overwhelming to kind of have that success so fast? I think it was just really exciting okay. and um, and gratifying, and um, I think the thing that I found overwhelming and, and really challenging at the beginning was was speaking on behalf of the music and the project and I guess the interview context mm -hmm. and, and feeling like you had to have some kind of persona in tow with the music. Um, that just kind of rattled me. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to, to accommodate that concept. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I've since learned that you don't, you just be yourself. Sure. Yeah, it's not like the hardest thing. It's just they like, eh, just be yourself. You're like, well, uh, like what what's myself? I remember doing like when I first started in radio. That's what they would always tell you. Like, stop trying to act. You're not this person. That person's already that person. Just be yourself. And it's like the the hardest thing to really like break through all that. I, I mean, I can't imagine like you're in a band and then they're like, oh, we want to interview for this and you're gonna play this. Like, you know, wow, it's a lot of I attention. Did, I remember like my voice would shake. Um, and it was it was a, a painful experience every time. I hated it, mm -hmm. and I <laughs> so much pressure on myself to to come off well that I came off poorly. Sure, yeah, it's almost like you're overthinking it. Oh, totally. Thinking is the death the death of connection and in the moment um, expression. You you have to feel your expressions through. You can't think them through. I like that. I've, I've never heard that before. That's that's a, that's a great way to put it. Um, so put, what out? So Torch Up, that was the first or Touch Up was the first record that came out. And was that out around the time when you guys were doing these big things with um, with the radio or all just demos or tell me about that? Yeah, Touch Up, it was originally a self-titled album that we made ourselves and put out ourselves in 2005. Um, but then that wound up on the desk of someone from a, a label called Last Gang in Toronto. And they reached out to us and they wanted to re-release it. So we added two songs. We changed our name from Mother to Mother Mother. Um, we refurbished the artwork. We called it something, Touch Up. And then we re-released it in 2007. Oh, interesting. And then did you tour the record like it was a new record or like how did they, how'd you approach it? Exactly. We toured it like it was a new record. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. We're in the new, I'm sure you were getting bigger shows at that point as with your, with the I label, know. like, did they help you a bit with that or like, what was the difference? They, they, they hooked us up with a booking agent and I mean, but it's just starting at the bottom really like, you know, touring across Canada in the winter to virtually no one many times before you start to build a fan base and, and things happen along the way that, that help that growth, like getting a song on commercial radio. Um, that can really get mm -hmm. people up to the show. That, that was a big boon for us, is, is getting on the radio in Canada. When, like, uh, when, was that, when did that happen for you? Like, do you remember hearing your song on the radio the first time? Well, our first um, 
our first inroad to commercial radio was our sophomore album. And that was called Body of Years. And I think it, it peaked at number eight in Canada. Wow. Uh, which was great for us. And, and then the next record, the third record, we had a song uh, chart at three. And that was awesome. And then it wasn't until our fifth record that we got our first number one. Um, so it's been, it's been a journey, just that relationship with radio. Mm-hmm. Was, very, was that a very bad thing when, when you got the number one slot? No, very good oh. bad thing. Oh, very good bad thing. It was before that, The Sticks? No, this it wasn't until our fifth album, No Culture. Oh wow! The song called "The Drugs" that we got our first number one. Oh, interesting. And then you, at that point, you had to jump to a major label too, right? That's right. What yeah. was that? What was that like? I mean, going from an indie to like a big record label, a big, you know, the big. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we just kind of did our thing. We kind of just made the records we wanted to make. There was more people. It was like a bigger company. Um, so there was maybe more infiltration, um, but yeah, it was cool. But you didn't feel like it was much different than it wasn't like, okay, we're going to make you do this or that or the other thing. It was, you still had all total control and do what, do what you were doing. Yeah, ultimately. And the, the indie label was just as ASCII about (laughs) making hits as the label, if not more sometimes like. Those guys were totally like, hey, you know, like uh, your demos are cool, but could you please try and, you know, write something that would fit radio better? Like, uh, you know, I think it's a myth that indie people don't care about that stuff. Okay. I think everybody cares about that stuff because everybody wants to succeed. Everybody wants to sell records, right? Yeah. (laughs) Would you say like... Putting that first record, the first record you did with Universal was that, that was very good, bad thing, right? Yeah. Or, okay. When you, when you signed that deal and, you, and you know, now you're on a major, did you get on bigger, did they put you on like a sports slot on like a big tour or what would you say like the milestone of, you know, now being on a big, big record label would be? There, wa- there wasn't too many big milestones um, that accompanied that, that advent. Okay. Uh, and that record itself wasn't our most successful record mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. I think, you know, the writing wasn't as cohesive on that record. Um, and it was just another brick in the wall, that record. Uh, it wasn't like we signed a major label deal and we made this commercial record and everything changed. It wasn't like that. In fact, it's never really been like that up until this past year. It's just been incremental success and small wins that amount to um, a slow growth Mm -hmm. um, for the past 16 years. But then it was 2020 when something more in the vein of miraculous and suddenly transformational occurred. And what would you say that moment was? That was uh, the the TikTok zeitgeist, early Mother Mother songs uh-huh. exploding internationally, um, inexplicably. Well, that's so. Like, what, did you guys like? How did that? Like, how did you even get that news? Were you guys on the app, or like, was it just something that kind of came out of left field for you? Well, it it catalyzed uh, a jacking up in streams. Sure. On the other platforms, 
which you're always monitoring. So right. if, you know, on a Thursday in an off cycle, when you haven't released music in six months, you notice that Spotify is cranking up. <laughs> you're like, you know, something peculiar is going on and we must find out. And so you start to inv investigate and you trace it back to this app called TikTok, which you know nothing about, which um, you're prompted to to make an account and investigate. And so sure. I, I did, you know, I did all these things and lo and behold, there was just like, you know, a, a cornucopia of young people making videos to early mother mother songs in their bedrooms. And it was almost like staring into like, a, I don't know, like a Twilight Zone alternate reality. Didn't, yeah. didn't feel like my band. That's so weird. I mean, do you know how it all started? Like, did you get to the root of the cause? Like, was there a particular person that started doing it and then it kind of like, you know, dominoed from there? I mean, yeah, there's no patient zero. That's what I was wondering. There wasn't. <laughs> I think there's a case to be made that it resonated with the anime and the cosplay. Sure. Um, and there's probably figures within that community that have reach um, and they would make videos and that would proliferate the music um, and it just kind of snowballed from there. That's amazing. Like, yeah. Would you ever in a million years assume that that would happen? I mean, something like old or old songs from old records that are just going like going nuts. You know, like, no, not in a million years, but at the same time, you got a dream in this business. Mm -hmm. you, 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 got, you can't let go of that part of you that um, believes in magic, that believes something crazy can happen. And I, I've, I've never let go of that, you know? Mm -hmm. As you get older and it's like time goes by and you make eight records and you go, huh, is, is, a, is a crazy, cool, magical thing going to happen? Because it, it hasn't yet. I mean, this has been amazing. Like we've we've been able to create a, a functioning career and, you know, like pay pay the bills. Um, but it, it, it wasn't a byproduct of the miraculous or like these stratospheric synchronistic gifts from the sure. universe like that that you hear about. It was just like hard work and making the best music you could and never stopping. That's how we got to where we got. Mm -hmm. uh, but then this thing happened. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm happy I, I stayed in the dreamscape all the while because I think you kind of create what you believe in, you know, that whole kind of law of attraction philosophy. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic that it happened because you I've seen or I'll talk to a lot of artists that will have a TikTok hit, right? And then they're like 18, 19 years old. And it's like right out the gate, they have this song that does a dance move or whatever. And then it's like, now all eyes are on you. It's like, well, now what are you going to do? It's like, you have eight records of, of proof that you guys are, you know, a band that has done really well for yourself prior to the whole TikTok phenomenon, like really happening for you. Yeah, it couldn't have happened at a better time for a multitude of reasons. Yeah, we have all this music um to offer mm -hmm. and also we're just really leveled out as people 
Like, yeah, you're not you're not like yeah, exactly. You're it's not all you're not really green to the whole thing. It's like you've been not, doing this for a long time. Yeah, we're calm, we're healthy, we're we're humble, we get it. Um I'm so grateful this didn't happen to my like 25 or 30 year old self. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I can imagine that too. Um that would be a struggle, I'd bet. <laughs> my 30 year old self. <laughs> So this thing's happening and like, is this, this is all during when lockdown happened? Cause that's kind of when the, the app really exploded. Yeah. Okay. Well, where were you guys at right before this, this whole thing happened? COVID or the, yeah, yeah both. I mean, COVID were you guys working on, did you have a record out of your touring and you got kind of stopped in your tracks or totally at the end, end of an album cycle. Okay. And so of the last record and we were kind of like, what do we do with this year? We're, we're maybe a little tired or, or a little curious about just stretching out and, and maybe taking a, a bit of a break, you know, like a, just a little hiatus. I think we were, we were contemplating not making a record in 2020. Interesting. You know, mm-hmm. um, and just pushing the cycle by a year, but then the pandemic struck and it was like, there's nothing else to do. And it just seemed really prudent and, and logical to make a record during 2020 and then have something prepared to promote and to work when the world opened up. So it was a kind of a, it wasn't, ha- it didn't have anything to do with like, okay, this TikTok thing's happening. We should probably no, you know, we try were, to put on some new music. We were, um, the record was written before we really uh, were enlightened to this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So when did you guys start writing the record? February, 2020. Oh, okay. So before and, everything, not everything hadn't like fully yeah, cracked totally. down yet. Yeah, we didn't really understand the magnitude until like August. Okay. By, by which point we were almost done in the studio. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you guys were able to pretty much work on the whole record the in, the throughout the beginning of the whole pandemic. Yeah. And it was nice that we didn't know about all this stuff because I don't, that maybe would have added a pressure um, on the creative process to recreate a magic that worked. Uh huh. That was, that was, you know, proving successful. It's, it's always like the kiss of death when you, you make a record that does well and then, you know, you're, you're pressured to recreate that success by writing similar songs. It never works. Yeah, so you didn't feel like you had that pressure. Because I, I was, I was um, ignorant to what was going on. To me, oh, I was sure. making an, another record in my little life, in, in my little sphere that was the career that I had gotten used to. Uh-huh. Do you and feel so, like that would have affected the album, knowing what was going on on TikTok? Yeah, yeah for sure. It would have been like shit. I don't think I would have thought like, okay, I better write some songs like that. It would have been like, how do I transcend the, the mental um, notion that I should and not like, how do I transcend that pressure and write something authentic to now? I think that would have been the challenge. Sure. Right. Trying to, yeah. Trying to not, yeah, not do it. Right. And then always like, subconsciously thinking like, is this going to sound too much like 
what's happening on TikTok. Exactly. Wow. That's interesting. I mean, that's incredible that you, you really didn't have that, right? I mean, yeah. if, if you had the app and then, so was the record done completely before you, the, you noticed what was happening on TikTok? No. So we finished recording in August is when we really became aware of this. And then we were mixing and editing and finalizing for a good three months after that. Um, and it was during those three months of wrapping the record up that we were really connecting to this TikTok thing and like making posts and getting some great press and sort of celebrating this transformational energy as we were wrapping up a record. It was it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine like were you, that just having that like viral moment like that just kind of. Was your, I mean, once you signed into TikTok, was your phone just like going crazy? Like, I mean, what was it like, you know, kind of seeing this like in, in real time? Um, very, very um, ad, ad, addicting and um, intoxicating. It's seducing, I would say. Yeah, you're seduced by um, the, the spectacle, like the, the activity and, and watching it proliferate at a fast speed. Um, you know, you kind of had to check yourself. Yeah, that's, that's, I can imagine. Yeah, not being like, okay, I got to go check how many views this has. Like, cause I was, you could, I was it, checking all day. Just more because I was just sort of fascinated. It wasn't like, oh, wow, like, I'm so great or like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm like success thirsty. It wasn't like that. I was just sort of like, really um bewildered and so you kind of want to watch something that's fascinating it, that's mm-hmm. human nature i think um and that's kind of what drew me to it yeah it's almost like the lottery i feel like you're like you're like you're if you're playing a slot machine you're like oh my gosh like now i'm, I'm like it's going up it's go-. like I, I you could totally get like sucked into that world i can see that happening really quick even with even I'm sure everybody would have that same exact feeling and, and, and action. Like, Oh my gosh, like this is really going like, this is so bizarre. Like this is so awesome. Like, yeah. I think, you know, I think one has to permit like a, a bit of indulgence in partaking or watching or getting to know something, but you know, you have to be very wary not to identify as that thing. Like, I wasn't like watching this happening and going, this is a reflection of me or us. Right. This does not equate to worth. This does not equate to greatness. This is just an energy that is um, of a mind of its own that is born from songs that were written um, some time ago and isn't life strange. It's, it was more like that. Yeah. And it's like something to be said that, like I said, that you had been doing this for a long time and you had success. So it wasn't something that you guys didn't work for, like, or like that's something that just kind of happened out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it's just nice that we stayed working because we can greet it, you know, as a refined operation, you know, we're stage ready. Um, you were ready to go because we haven't stopped. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think a lot of bands probably would have broken up by now because uh, 16 years is a long time to stay together without pause. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because you get older and you want to diversify and and whatnot. But for whatever reason, we just we just kept on. And you said that even the pandemic kind of you guys were like going to, you know, take a break and kind of take some time for the this this current record anyway. Right. Yeah. Like we, it was kind of supposed to be our our self-reflection year. Mm -hmm. But it just and turned to another like, let's get her done. Let's make a record. <laughs> yeah. And then the thing happened, and now the career is is like um, on warp speed, and we have to do more work than we've ever done. Um, whereas, you know, we probably were prone to assume that things were going to slow, or just like I don't know, the band was going to enter into its like I don't know middle age, for lack of a better metaphor. <laughs> Uh -huh. you know? But now it's it's sort of like in its adolescence again. Right now you're back and you have to kind of ride this this thing out with. The, yeah, we got to work these new eyes. We got to work harder than we've ever worked and play more in one year than we've ever played and do more. Like all of it is more demanding, mm -hmm. which is just so surprising because like you just I don't know that that's not the natural life cycle, right? Yeah. Right. And and having to adapt now to not only do you have to put out rad, a rad record and, and do a tour, but now you have to be like active on all these social media apps. I mean, it's just the That's whole game the has changed. <laughs> That's the biggest energy suck, I think, is just like, yeah, social media is so demanding these days. And you kind of need to be really personable. And it's, it's, it's just as much about personality as it is about music. Mm hmm. Um, which is, which is ironic too, because I think creative people are, you know, typically insular and right. introverted and not necessarily eager to be a TV personality, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, of, go ahead. You know, part of what makes for good music is shutting out the world and going into the darkness and, and you know digging in deep um and so it's it's ironic that the polar opposite is such a crucial aspect to the promotion of said music mm -hmm. and it goes back to what you're saying with even those early interviews like trying to be yourself you know having to be yourself and online and having to do these little videos like oh hey like i've got this going on like it's just totally a different world it's almost like you're doing your own interviews constantly and trying to keep people engaged and up to date with what you're doing because everyone loves that behind the curtain look that's i think why tiktok became so you know fascinating to people it's like oh you know this is what ryan's doing from mother mother he's just hanging out at his house or you know what i mean it's like this whole different light and different way of seeing some of your favorite artists. Yeah. And because there's no filter, like a, a, an icky vibe is so easily detectable. Oh yeah. If you're not authentic, you, people can find that out real quick. Yeah. Or if you're just off and you know, like if it just doesn't feel right and you know, we're only human and, Quite often, you just you, you don't feel presentable on a given day. Sure. <laughs> on a day that you're supposed to make a TikTok. Right. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to be warm and energized and engaging and inviting into a little world. I don't have that in me today. Yet, it's a part of the job. And this is a conundrum.
Like one, one can feel like that. Yeah. You just got to turn it on. Unfortunately, you, you got to turn it on today. You got to do your TikTok video. <laughs> the world is waiting. <laughs> so the records out, it just came out on Friday. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. It's good to get her out there. Let it go. Yeah. Stop, stop uh, manhandling it. Once, once it's out there in the world, is it kind of like a big, like, okay, thank God. Like now I don't have to worry about like, changing a mix or like do you before it goes out do you listen to it a bunch of times and like think okay i gotta go change this or i want to go tinker with this or is it like you don't listen to it until it's out there's much tinkering <laughs> uh, i'm a tweaker that's the joke is no oh, ryan's tweaking again. <laughs> okay like by by half a db or like turning down s's turning up s's um, lining up consonants, I'm such a tweaker. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's good. To, it's good that that's done. That door is closed. Right. That, no looking back now. It's out. You can't do much about it anymore. <laughs> no. and, and I'm good. To, it's good to see that you guys have some dates, especially I know Canada is rough as far as like the the pandemic went for a while. I mean, I don't know if it's still as sh locked down as it was, or if you leave the country, you've got to like quarantine in a hotel and go yeah. home and they're going to check up on you. And it looks like you have a lot of tour dates scheduled. Yep. Yeah. It's a pretty full year chalking up to be. That's fantastic. Yeah. Have you guys had a chance to play, uh, yet? Um, no, we just, we, we got the band back together, together just for the one, uh, James Corden thing. Mm -hmm. That was the first time we'd played, a song together in over a year. Wow. Cause even the record, we didn't all get into get all get together in one room and play any given song off the new record. Really? So it was all piecemeal. Interesting. Yeah. Was that the first time you've ever done a record like that? Um, that was the most fragmented. Sure. But we've, we've done, you know, we've definitely indulged in the technology of multi-tracking when making records. Okay. <laughs> you guys are on a lot of awesome festivals. I mean, ride, the Ride Fest lineup this year, I'm just like so excited for. I know, the Pixies, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. And Pixies, Nine Inch Nails and Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, it's pretty, not only that, I mean, there's a million other ad bands on it, but that's pretty cool. Pretty cool to be a part of that. Yeah, like those are the type of festival bills that we would never play. Like that you'd see you like on Instagram, you know, when they like, the, the poster comes out. Oh, right. You know, it's like, ah, oh, wish we could play something like that one day. I, I just remember having that feeling like a hundred thousand times over the past, you know, decade plus seeing those posters. It's so cool to, to be on one. It's surreal. Well, you're on a few, I mean, <laughs> right. Not yeah. only the ride fest. I mean, so this is all new, new ground for you guys, as far as these Ooh. festivals go. Whole different sport. It's exciting. Yeah. Super exciting. Yeah. That's um, good. Surreal. Think it'll be interesting to adapt to that kind of environment or? I mean, gosh, we've played a million shows. Um, I think we're ready. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you so much. I've, I love the conversation. I do have one more question before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah. Definitely um, do make stuff that 
really excites you. That should be your barometer. Like, are you giving yourself goosebumps? Are you stirring your own soul? Um, that should be the only, you know, marker of success you should be caring about. Because if you can do that to yourself, then that will that will evoke the same response in other people. Um, it's only when I've, I've pursued my own happiness through my own work that the success that matters ha has come from. Um, whenever I've tried to please other people or do things for more superficial reasons creatively, um, not only does it not feel as good, it doesn't do as well. So yeah, be true to yourself and get, get yourself good and stoked on, on what you're creating um, before anybody else. And, and work hard, like be creative every day. And, and um, it's a muscle, it's a relationship. And if you take long breaks, it falls into dormancy. So just be so incredibly frequent with your connection with whatever your medium is.